Nah, no, nah, there's a tip, but I'd like a little bit more light. Thank you. There we go. Pretty, very pretty. Well, good evening. It's good to see everyone. It's good to see some old friends that we haven't seen in a while. It's good to see recent friends, new friends, and, and everyone here. I, I'm excited you're here. I hope you're excited you're, you're here. We are, like, super smart, aren't we? I mean, we, we've, we have made it, and there's just nothing else left for us to learn. I hope that's not your attitude tonight, because... <laughs> This week, it has definitely not been mine. Just this whole idea that we have been going through this this journey to Easter, the idea of, like, giving stuff up and, and giving different things and, and this idea that we prepare ourselves for Easter and we prepare ourselves for the, the most momentous day in all of history, um, the moment, most momentous weekend, the most world-changing weekend that uh, ever happened. If you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, giving up <coughs> giving up control. The idea that we look at God and say, okay, God, you're God, I'm not. Your ways, not my ways. And, and then last week we talked about like giving up expectations, just this idea that we all come in with baggage and we all come in with these ideas of who God is, what church is, what faith is, and just kind of just trusting God even when it doesn't make sense. Well, tonight I want to kind of change kind of the focus and talk a little bit more about us and kind of kind of our attitudes and everything. Um, there's an old, old song. Um, Glenn Campbell used to sing it. I, I don't know, even know if he wrote it and stuff, but it, it was called, it, it was, says, Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Can't wait to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. To know me is to love me. I must be one heck of a guy. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. I mean, it's a great song, it's a funny song, but it is a song about who we are as people and who we are as a culture and everything, because tonight I want to talk about giving up self, giving up the idea of, of who we are and how, how we come about, because it is a completely and utterly countercultural message. Because if you just spend 15 minutes watching the television, every commercial and everything is about how you can look better, how you can be better, how you can do better. Every book, the largest section in a bookstore is the self-help section, how you can be more, how you can know more, how you can look more, all this stuff. It's all about us, 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 ourselves, ourselves, ourselves. And so tonight I want to talk about the idea of giving up ourself and, and what that actually looks like. Um, D.L. Moody, one of my favorite preachers of all time, um, said, the beginning of greatness is to be little, the increase of greatness is to be less, and the perfection of greatness is to be nothing. Now, I, I, just, I, just, want, I just want you to, tonight, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're going to all leave here and say, I'm just worm food, I'm dirt, and I'm just I'm slime of the earth, Lord, and I don't deserve, I'm not saying that, because let me tell you, right off the bat, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Anybody tells you that you are less than anything, they are a liar, because God says, man, I made you exactly and perfectly the way you're supposed to be. So I, I just want you to know that. That none of this is about us belittling ourselves. But a lot of this is about getting a proper perspective of ourselves. And so let's pray. God, I just thank you so much um, for all that you're doing. And God, I just pray tonight that, um, God, you would speak. My words mean absolutely nothing, God. It's your words that mean everything. And so, God, I just, I just ask you that you would just move me out of the way. God, that you would have your way. God, that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to respond to your word. 
into your presence. May you get all the glory. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to talk about giving up self. And, and tonight we're going to be sitting in John chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, open it there. If you do not have a Bible, by the way, we got some Bibles in. There's some over right over there. There's on save out in the opening. There's some down in the basket. If you don't own a Bible, take it. It's yours. Put your name in it. It's yours. If, if you need to borrow a Bible, then take it, whatever. If you write notes in it, then it's yours. I don't care if you write in them. I think you should take notes in them and stuff. But if you don't have a Bible, but any of that, there are Bibles here. We got them this week. I'm excited. So now everyone get a Bible. But you can get out your tablet or your phone. You can get your pen or your lipstick out, fellas, and write your notes, whatever you need. But tonight we're going to be in John chapter 4, and we're just going to be sitting up sitting up there. So like I said, we're going to be talking about this whole idea of giving up self. And the very first thing I want to talk about is giving up self-worth. And this idea of where does, where does my value come from? Where, where, how do I establish the worth of who I am? And if, you, if you've got your Bibles, like I said, we're going to start in John 4, uh, starting at verse 3, actually. Talking about Jesus, it says, He left Judea and went again to Galilee. He had to travel through Samaria. <coughs> Excuse me. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about six in the evening. Verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me drink, Jesus said to her, for his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. It is, we've got this entire kind of conversation happening in this, in this chapter. It's a very countercultural conversation right off the bat. First of all, in this time, men didn't talk to women. Not like out there. There's just some lady coming up. Ladies, I'm sorry, but really, at this time, you were considered more property than anything else. Now, Jesus never treated a woman like property. I, I think Jesus may elevated actually womanhood and stuff, and, and just got them involved in doing everything. But this is a weird picture. And then there's a Jew and a Samaritan. They hate each other. It's the middle of the day. This lady's going to a well in the middle of the day. They always get the water early in the day. So there's all this stuff happening here in this, in this conversation. But the very first thing I, w- I want to ask you says, what is your self-worth based on? I, w- I want you to think about it. How do I put value in my life? Where does the value in my life come from? Could, could it be your lineage? I mean, I mean, if you, if you pop back, verse 9 says, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans at all. Uh, it's this, this whole idea of lineage. Well, there's a Jew. They're God's chosen people. There's these Samaritans. And we get all this picture. And for us, it may be tonight that, like, hey, I'm an American. There ain't nobody better or better than us. We're Americans. Man, we go to football games in our, in our underpants and bare shirts and below zero freezing weather, and, and we beat our chest, and we've conquered everyone. We have. I mean, that's, I'm proud to be American. I served in the military for seven years. I love this country. But there's this idea that because I'm American, I'm a Christian. God, be, we're a Christian nation, aren't we? Is that what it says on my dollar bill? In God we trust, that makes me a Christian. <laughs> it's all about a lineage. It could be like, hey, my parents are Christians. 
so I must be a Christian. Or, hey, you know what? I go to church. Listen, I know a lot of people that go to church. And I know a lot of them that don't have any idea who Jesus is. And so may, maybe it's lineage. May, maybe it's your accomplishments. You know, I've been able to do this, and, you know, I got straight A's. I got this scholarship, or I've got this job. I've got this house. I got this boat. This is where all my self-worth comes through because this is all I've done. Look, look at my house. Look at my bank account. Look at all this stuff. You know, actual truth is on our own, no matter our lineage, our accomplishments, whatever, our worth starts running kind of dry. Speaking of dry, could someone grab me a glass of water? Because my mouth is through. Am I feeling that this? Because I feel like my tongue is sticking to the bottom of my mouth. I don't understand why my mouth is feeling so dry. But our worth runs dry. Listen to this. Verse 13. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. Everyone who drinks, thank you so much. I, I did here. Yeah, I did. You brought me a shot glass. He brought me like a full cup. <laughs> I know. It's okay. I know. It's good. But anyway, Jesus says, everyone, verse 13, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. I, mean, I, mean, I can promise you, your accomplishments, your, your accomplishments, your lineage, whatever you base your worth on, if it is outside of God, it is never going to be enough. If your worth is based on anything on who you are as God made you, who you are in a relationship with God, it will never be enough. You will be thirsty over and over again. You will just keep looking, keep searching, keep trying to fill. But verse 14, he says, but whoever drinks from the water I will give him will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, I will give the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life. see some of us are basing our worth on all these exterior things and those things run out they really really do run out if your worth is based on anything on who Jesus says you are and what he's done for you I'm just going to tell you you're going to get really thirsty and you're going to stay thirsty so that's the very first thing. What about our self-worth? What about self-awareness? Isn't that like the, the thing we want to do today? Isn't that like the kind of the catch-all, like I need to be aware? Like I, I had a student one time, it's like I'm taking a year off to go find myself, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm going to take my parents' money, like $5,000, travel Europe to find myself. I'm like, idiot, you're right there. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all about this, like this is who I am and this is – what, what I've done, and, and, and this is all this stuff about me. And we get this perception of us, our own awareness. And a lot of times it's like, well, I'm not so bad. I'm a good person. I do good things. I give money. I help people. I do, I'm a good person. And it's all this self-awareness. Jump down to verse 16. Jesus looks at the woman and says, Hey, go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I, I don't have a husband, she answered. You have correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you said is true. Verse 19, sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. I love it. She immediately wants to change the subject. 
Because isn't that what we do when we get caught? When, when the truth comes out, when, when, when we get seen for exactly who we are and all that stuff, that's like, oh, let's, let's back off here. But it says, he says, I see your prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. Yet you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because the salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23, but an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. Yes, the father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Here's, we, we continue this conversation. We continue to see Jesus just saying, no, let me see. I see your heart. I see past all the stuff that you put up. I see past all those, like the facade and the fakeness that you put up. And, and, and there's got to come a point in our life where we have to choose between self-awareness and God-awareness. That we have to take an honest look at our life. And say, God, you, you show me exactly what's on in my life, what's going on. I mean, w- when we do that, I'm going to tell you, it's not, it's not fun, it's painful, because the very first thing I think we're going to see is our sin. And, and every single person on this planet has sinned. The Bible says all have fallen short for the glory of God. All of us have missed that mark. All of us have, But our sin kind of comes out, and we have to bear witness to it. I mean... John even says, you know, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. And the very first thing we got to understand is that I may be a really good person, but if I don't know Jesus, then there's still sin. And we don't like that word. We don't like to, we don't preach about that word often enough. But that is that thing that that's from week one of this series. God, my way is better than your way. And so. God awareness gives us this idea so we can actually see our sin. The next thing is we, are, we start seeing our baggage. We talked about that last week, that we all come in with baggage. We have this idea of who God is and what faith and what life should be, and God starts showing us this. This is what this lady, she came up to Jesus, and the first thing he says, listen, go find your husband. Well, I don't have a husband. It's like, right, you've had five, and the guy you're living with isn't your husband now. You are living in a life of sin right now, right there. And then all her baggage, she's like, well, I'm a Samaritan, and, and we worship here, but you guys worship there, and, and this is how it's supposed to be, and everything. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. This isn't about where you worship, it's about your heart. That's what God wants. It, it doesn't matter whether you're at this church or that church, or you're in that hill or that hill. It's, it's your spirit, and it's worshiping in spirit and in truth, and it's all of that, and all that baggage that we carry when we come in to church, or we come into life. Jesus is like, let go of that. Let me show you the stuff that you're holding on to. And, and then finally, when we are honest and we're asking God to really just search us and to know us, we start seeing our limitations. That I can't fix my issues. I, I, can't, I can't take care of this stuff by myself. I, I, God, what he says, verse 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. This is the only way we worship God is that God empowers us to truly worship. I mean, we can't. It, it becomes more than just a, a church meeting. 
our worship. I, I love singing songs, but if we're not living the life out there, if we're not worshiping God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday out there, then it makes absolutely no sense to do it in here because that's neither true or honoring to God. And my limitations is I know I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need God's indwelling so that I can live this life. In fact, I mean, there's a very dangerous prayer that I warn you. You can pray this, but if you really want to see your faith start growing, if you really want to see your faith having an impact in the world and the community, I, I, I dare you. Over this Lent season, over this Easter, to pray this and to actually mean it. It says, Psalm 139, 20, verse 23, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. I mean, are you, are you willing tonight to say, God, show me what I don't want to see? Show me the things that I, if there's anything, anything in me, if, if there's pride, if there's anger, if there's anything in me that is separating, that is keeping me from you, that's not letting me live this more life that you promised, this life more abundantly and everything, and, and, and being fully engaged with you, if there's anything, God, show me. Are you, are you willing to actually let God show you that and then pay attention? Or will God show something and you'll quickly change the subject? Listen, I, I, t I, I pray this prayer and it, it's, it scares the snot out of me when God starts showing me things. Because I, I see and I say, God, how do I lead your people if, I, if, I'm, supposed to, if I'm having fun struggling here? But God promises when, when we do, man, there's freedom there. Freedom. Last thing, giving up self-focus. Again, this is countercultural because everything on this planet is about me, 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 me. I mean, Apple's made billions. It's the iPhone, iPad, iMac, i this, i that. I mean, it's just, I mean, when you're using i in a sentence like 30 times, you got an issue. And so this idea of giving up self-focus, giving up the idea that it's all about me. The world does not revolve around me. I, I used to do this. I used to drive my students crazy. We'd get a student come in, mostly girls, sorry, ladies, but they'd come in and they'd all be like all that in a bag of chips, just like, hey, look at me. And I, so I start running around them in circles. And like, what are you doing? I am stuck in your gravitational pull because the universe obviously revolves around you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it doesn't. It, it really, it really doesn't. Go to verse 27. I, I, I love this. This great conversation is happening between Jesus and this woman so much that she, is, she, is no, she knows she's been changed. And she runs to town to tell everyone. All these people that probably ostracized her and wouldn't have anything to do with her. She runs into town. And, and it says, just then, verse 27, his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? So here come the disciples like, dude, but that's a lady. That's a well. Samaritan? I don't understand. Anyway, starting to and this uh, meantime, the lady runs off. She runs back to town because she's like, "You, you gotta come meet this guy." Go down to verse thirty-one. It says, "In the meantime, disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something." 
But he said, I have food to eat that you do not know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? Verse 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, Jesus told him. Don't you say there, there are still four more months, then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored, and you have benefited, benefited from their labor. Disciples are sitting there just going, we're in Samaria, we're at this well, we're talking to ladies, and I'm hot, and I'm hungry, and it was all about, like, well, what about us, God? You know, Jesus, what, what is all that? And what happens every single time is when we focus on ourselves, we miss so much that God is doing. I mean, this, this is a struggle in the churches right now. I think so many churches are like, well, you know, entertain me, please me, make me happy. Give me the programs that I want for my family and do this and just make sure everything's taken care of. And we're so focused in when there's a world out there dying and going to hell. And we get so focused on ourselves. And I, and I love that Jesus says to them, oh, where is, where is it? Verse, verse 35. Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes, guys. Self-focus will cause us to miss the bigger picture every time that God is doing something. All they saw was that, Jesus, we're, we're hungry, we're hot, we've been traveling, we're in Samaria, and Jesus talked to this woman, and they missed the bigger picture of what God is doing and what Jesus is doing in the lives of this town that will forever be changed. And when we are focused on ourselves, we miss what God is doing. We miss that bigger picture. And, and I don't know about you, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. I, I always have been. I, I like to see the big picture. I, I like to see how it all looks and, and how it all comes together and just see the impact that it makes. And I, and I need to know it's making an impact. I need to know that God's kingdom is still marching on this planet and moving. And so I, I read those stories. I get encouraged by that. I, I need to know that God is still on his throne and he's moving and stuff. But when I'm looking at myself and I'm going, woe is me and my life is so hard and I'm a victim mentality and all the stuff which we have taught generations to be victims and to think that everyone else it's their fault and we focus all on ourselves we miss what god is doing we miss the big picture and it's so sad when we're so focused on self we miss the bigger adventure listen whatever your plans are for your life i guarantee you gods are better Whatever you've decided, like to, this is what I feel called, and this is where I'm going, God's plans are bigger and better. You cannot outdream God. You cannot outplan God. You cannot outdo God. I mean, think about it. We show up to church. We show up to Bible study, and we do this, and we worship, and we do these things. We go on mission trips. We're not ever going to impress God. This is the one that said, son, spoke, and the sun came into being, and the plants, and the stars, and he just spoke the words, and it came into being. And when we're so focused on ourselves, we miss this idea that God says, I have this huge adventure for you. That's what disciples were. They're just like, are you hungry? Why don't you eat? And there's a whole section of people that have been forgotten. The last thing, we, we live, when we focus on ourselves, we, we miss the bigger opportunity. 
See, I, 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 think, I think God does things. I think he does things huge and, and wants us to be a part of him, wants us sharing this. Listen, we are not doing anything new in Four Corners by opening, starting a church here. It's not like actually God's like, I don't know what we're going to do in Four Corners. Oh, oh, thank goodness a group of people are starting a church there. We'll do it. I mean, God was here long before we got here, and God will be here long, long after we leave. There is nothing new under the sun. What God does is he invites us to join him in what he's already doing. He, he invites us into these opportunities where we get to actually see how big and how awesome God is and how the gospel works and how faith works and how that God is still on his throne. I, I don't care who's in office. I don't care who's threatening what. I don't care what anybody says. My God is still on his throne and he's the biggest, he's the biggest baddest dad in the entire universe and we miss so much when we just sit and we got blinders on we're focused on ourselves because god says man i want to give you so much i want to show you so much it does doesn't mean you're going to be rich doesn't mean you're going to have a big house and everything's going to be good but i can tell you something the adventure my life has been the opportunities that we have shared my wife and i over the years of our marriage there's not a dollar amount that could replace that The places we've seen, the people we've met, the friends that we've had, the lives that we've seen that have intersected and been changed. There's nothing that you could ever do to take it. That's why I tell you, I don't care if the smartest man on the planet walks in here. Nobody's going to change my mind about who Jesus is because I've seen it. But when you focus on yourself, man, you miss all that God's doing. I think that's what the enemy wants us to do. Steve Hawthorne's an author. He's a missionary. He said this. He says, you can do something other than working with God in his purpose, but it will always be something lesser. And you couldn't come up with something better. Whatever your plan is for your life, whatever your plan is for your family, I, I promise you God's is better and bigger. It really is. See, See, if, if I truly let go of myself, if I truly look at God and say, yeah, God, okay, I'm, I'm going to let go of control. Your way is not my way. Your way is not my way. I'm, I'm going to trust you no matter, even if it doesn't make sense, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to have any expectations. God, just whatever you lay before me, that's what I'm going to do every single day. And if I let go of myself, if I do that step and take that, that throne room in my heart and take myself and put it off and say, Jesus, this is your seat, and it will always be your seat, and I, I, want, I want you to show me. Where I need to change. I want you to grow me. I want you to conform me to the image of your son. I, I, I want to become everything that you have created me to be. I, I'm going to let a go of my self-image. That my worth comes from you. Everything I am comes from you. And, and you do that. It will change everything. It will change you. And it will change your family. And it will change your school. And it will change your job. It will change everything. And it will change this world. See, because that's that's really what we're we're called to do. Just listen to this. For through the law, I have died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
holding on to. It's yeah, it's going crazy. Hang on, Jimmy, can you just go to the next to the last slide? Just the theme slide for me, please. That's it. That's it right there. Thank you. I'm not in control anymore. Is it still going? It's just, it's really good. See, I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't want you to. I, I'm telling you, uh, this world, the enemy that we have wants you to say, like, just think about me, 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 and get all the stuff. Don't, don't even look at that. Look at me right now. Thank you. Look, look at me right now. The life God has for you is beyond anything that you could imagine. I promise you that. But you got to take the focus off yourself. You know, I can be a great husband because I love Jesus more than I love my wife. I can be a great dad because I love Jesus more than I love my kids. I can be a great pastor because I love Jesus more than having a job. Because it's not about me. It's never been about us. When it was about us, sin entered the world. So tonight, I just, I just, I want to give us an opportunity to respond. I, I just, I really want us just to take some time and and think about it and pray that prayer. God, search me. Search my heart. If there's there's anything, because I can tell you this. I, I know without a shadow of doubt that all of this means absolutely nothing. If we're not furthering the kingdom of God, and if God's not leading it, then God's not leading us. We we won't we won't change anyone here. We can't change anyone. That's Jesus' job anyway. That if we we want to see God move in four corners, then we gotta just we gotta take a self check. If we want to see God move in this church. Not, not for the name of Grace Baptist, not for my name, not for anybody's name, but God's name. 